ako kapoe Kapoe o keia ai Ake atua i koho ai nuna Mai kamua hiki kamo penna O kako kapoe Kapoe o keia ai Ake aku wai ko wai nuna Mai kamua ahiki kamo penna Oke aku wa mai kalahani Omako mai It's uh, 704 October 26, 2023, and you're listening to KFKRLP 96.1 FM, Kohala, and we're live in the studio, and um, just so, you know, it's not an encore program, we're actually live sitting here, and I'm sitting here with our guest, 
uh, Tony Winnington. Uh, last Thursday, we had talked about a few things, and I want to follow up on uh, the lands that was purchased along the Kuala Coast, uh, which would save it from being developed. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. Anyway, but before we do that, you know, I've been doing this. Uh, I've been reflecting that. I w I've been doing this uh, Kuka Kuka with Colony program for like three years. I think going on four. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember how it started. That I'll, I'll just share that story with the people out there who may find it of interest. How it started was I was going to uh, do a Hawaiian Legends at the Kohala Library. I, I, I don't know, it was Tuesday night or something. And so uh, I was uh, sharing two of my favorite legends. And, you know, this little audience, 20 people, uh, kids and parents and whatnot. And uh, in, in the audience was this guy from KNKR, uh, Len, Len Winkler. And uh, after I was done, he said, hey, you know what, uh, we're always looking for DJs. Why don't you do a Hawaiian legend program on KNKR? So I said, oh, that's interesting, you know. Uh, I've never done anything like that before, but okay. So anyway, we set up a date and time, and Bob Martin, you know, uh, he was the uh, moderator, sort of like. And actually, he had a program called Kohala Conversations. And actually, you know, uh, like what we're doing right now is actually a, a conversation Instead of kuka, kuka would be kamoilio, uh, is the uh, Hawaiian name for uh, conversations. But you know, Bob had that moniker, Kohala conversation, so they came up with a, uh, the name kuka, kuka, uh, with Kalani. Kalani happens to be my middle name. <laughs> Real cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember I, I came on and I did uh, two programs, Never Says Heck. And then. Um, then he said, you know, Jeff, uh, you got to learn how to run the uh, the board and do this yourself. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was kind of daunting task, you know, all these buttons and lights and whatnot. But anyway, um, I did, and but the program morphed into something different. I remember uh, Bob Martin said, hey, Jeff, uh, Tim Richards, who was a councilman at that time, now he's a state senator, he wants to come on the program. Yeah. And uh, what do you think? I said, yeah, shoot, yeah, that's fine. You know, uh, I'm all open. And uh, Tim came on, and uh, was he and I, and I think Bob Liston, you know, on his computer, wherever he was, and other people. And at the end of the program, he, I think he sent me an email says, that's exactly what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it wasn't like, trying to enhance his uh, political career, but it was dealing with the issues that he dealt with. Yeah, and so it, it kind of morphed into different thi things, but it started out where I would uh, talk about Hawaiian legends. And so tonight I was thinking, you know, it started out like that, so I think I'll share uh, a Hawaiian legend uh, this tonight. And, uh, you to know, celebrate three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it started back in January 2019, I think. Yeah, but yeah, but <coughs> you're familiar with Akaka Falls, right? Yes. Okay, that falls is 494 feet in height. Uh, it's it's a beautiful falls, you know, beautiful falls. You've been out there, yeah. 
But anyway, uh, how that falls came to be, there was a chief, and that Ahupua is called Honomu. Yeah. And it's a quaint, quaint little town. It was a plantation town, uh, mostly Japanese immigrants that worked on the uh, sugar plantation there. And Honomu means a quiet bay. I've never gone down where the ocean is there. You know, I, I like to see what is meant by quiet bay. It must be a bay. But um, one day I'll, I'll, I'll take a drive and see if I can see, you know, Honomu. So anyway, Akaka was the chief there. And according to the legend, he was a very handsome person. And one day uh, his wife tells him, I'm going to go to Hilo. You know, visit family, and you know, by car that's about a thirty-minute, forty-minute drive. So you know, walking, you know, <laughs> may take you a day or two, or more. But then, when people would travel, you know, when they go visit, they'd stay you know a long time. You know, not a couple of days, like weeks. And so she tells her husband, "I'm going to go to Hilo." Oh, okay. So she leaves. And he hoofs it to his girlfriend number one. Her name was Lehua. And he's in uh, Lehua's hale. And all of a sudden he hears his wife calling him, Akaka, Akaka. And he's in the hale. He goes, oh, it's my wife. And he sneaks out the back door. And uh, he hoofs it over to his second girlfriend, Malia. But he was wearing, like a in the legend it says, a sweet-smelling grass skirt. And so the wife could trace that smell because mm. she knew what he was wearing, right? And so she goes to uh, Malia's house and she goes, Akaka, Akaka, he hears her again. He goes, oh my gosh, she knows, yeah. And he sneaks out the back door and he goes to his hallway and he gets his faithful companion, his dog. And together, they start to, you know, to escape, to go hide in the forest. As they're crossing the gulch, he's so overcome with grief that he jumps off the cliff. Uh, the gods take pity on him and transform him into a waterfall. So he becomes Akaka Falls. Mm -hmm. The dog, his faithful, trusted companion, chooses not to jump. So he's turned into a huge boulder right at the top of the falls. That's one version. The second version is, uh, he goes, you know, the wife says, I'm leaving. Okay, he goes and visits. Girlfriend number one, girlfriend number two. And as he's crossing the gulch, he slips and he falls. And he tumbles over the, uh, the cliff and is transformed into a, a, rain, a waterfall. Now there's a third version that I kind of like. He goes to, you know, wife is leaving, goes to girlfriend one, number one, number two. He's crossing the gulch, yeah, with his faithful companion. And then he's pushed. <laughs> his, his girlfriends are so distraught that further down from Akaka Falls, uh, there's two other falls, one for Lehua, one for Malia. But the interesting part of the story, the ending part, is on the moon phase of Hoaka, he said, uh, when it's very still, and if you're by the uh, waterfall, on a very still Hoaka moon night, you can hear the wife calling to Akaka. 
Yeah. And I'm going to share you why, why ho'aka. Uh, I know we're going to be talking about kaiholena, kao, uh, land that uh, the nonprofits, the county service, able to purchase, right? Yes. Okay. One night, uh, I think it was, I'm not sure, it was Bobby Marquez, he's going to have a baby luau or something. And I was with my good friend Ed Murray, uh, Polo Kaona, uh, Meloko, Bobby uh, Marquez, and his brother. I forget their names. But anyway, we're, we're down in that area. I'm not real sure, but either it was Tabra Place or someplace down there. And uh, we're catching crab, you know, to make raw crab for the baby luau, right? And, uh, you know, we had our opihi bags to put the crab in, and you wore uh, a headlamp. So your hands are free. And to catch the crab, uh, you'd shine the light, and it would paralyze them because they wouldn't know where to run. And then you would, uh, you wouldn't grab the crab because, you know, they pinch. Mm. And so you kind of would slap them and stun them, and then you grab them. Yeah. So you'd slap them on the stone, and, you know, you grab them. But uh, we weren't too successful because uh, the lights, they weren't paralyzing them, you know, they were running. And um, Sonny, oh yeah, Sonny uh, uh, Solomon was with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was with us. And then all of a sudden he looked up at the sky and he goes, ah. He says, ah, don't can you guys. And he said, oh, why? He said, oh, look to the moon, Hoaka. And Hoaka is like a crescent moon. It's still dark, not that much light. It's a crescent moon, but you know, still dark. I said, ah, cannot, Kawaka moon. And so us young guys, you know, uh, we were in school to understand the moon phases, and, you know, we we're, were like more modern, yeah. But after, after, after this uh, experience, I, I began to study that, the moon phases. Uh, anyway, he says, Dokken, we go home already. And of course, we didn't understand. And he says, look the moon, hoaka. And then he said, a hoaka moon is the moon phase when the spirits walk the earth. And so as we were going about catching crabs, they were running away. So he said, ah, our ancestors is walking ahead of us. And they're chasing the crabs. Mm. That's why no can catch. <laughs> and that was the hoaka moon. And so we, they, they talk about uh, Akaka's wife. You know, calling to a kaka during a hoaka moon, that's when they're walking about. Yeah. And she's looking for him. Sad story. But, uh, yeah. So that, that's. Hey, that's a great story. <laughs> yeah, that's my uh, uh, legend <laughs> for the, tonight. But anyway, um, I on the way to the station, I, I looked at uh, what the moon face was, and I think it's what they call uh, uh, hua which is, uh, means very fruitful. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow's full moon. Yeah, there's actually uh, four full moons. Uh. <sighs> there's Hua, Akua, Hoku, and Mahalani. Yeah, the Hawaiians call them the four full, full moons. Yeah. But uh, yeah, tomorrow's, uh, yeah. Either tonight is, uh, the full moon would be Hoku. And tonight's full moon, hard to tell, would be Akua or Hua. But now you say tomorrow's a full moon. And tonight would be Akua, Akua moon. But anyway, uh, Hoaka uh, is the moon when the spirits uh, walk the earth. And, 
Well, it's almost Halloween. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, that's my uh, Halloween story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, I thought I would share that uh, the program started out with Hawaiian Legends and it just morphed into different things. But, yeah, that's the story of uh, Akaka, Akaka Falls, and uh, what how their falls came to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, you know what? I'm going to just take a short break, and we'll be right back. And yeah, we're sitting here with Tony uh, Whittington, and we're going to be talking about some plans. Oh, 
right, all right, all right. That's uh, Kahua, uh, song by P.F. Kwiatkowski. Yeah, I think I pronounced that right. Anyway, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, I've got Tony in the studio with me here. And uh, the last time you're here, we are talking about these lands that uh, were able to, I don't know, what would you call it? Well, we were talking mostly about Mahukona uh -huh. because we had Keone Emiliano here. And we talked a bit about um, Hawaii Land Trust's um, efforts to preserve the 642 acres at Mahukona. And, um, but other things have been happening in that area. Now that um, just within the last year, um, we connected 15 miles of coastline that are now free of development. 15 miles. That are, yes, that are preserved in the designation open space. So nothing's going to be built Malkaya, the highway, for that 15 miles that stretches between um, south of Kaiolena all the way to Kapa'a Park. Um, it's a long stretch. It has multiple um, owners and agencies. There's the federal federal alakahakai. There's the state oh, these are park. All owners. These are yeah the people who are taking care of these lands right now. Um, there's the state. Um, How is the land held in title? It depends. Um, a good portion of it is in the county because it was purchased by the Ponk funds. Okay. Some of it is in the state because, like Tabra's place um, that we purchased, became part of Lapakahi State Park, um, and and the um, the it includes the two parks of Mahukona and um, Kapaa, which are run by the county. So, th so we have county, state, and federal government interested in this area. Mm -hmm. um, and and it was it was felt that now that we have that area as a single piece as a resource for the Kohala people, that um, it's time to start looking at it as a single place, and and a very very important part of several of the groups that I work with in Kohala is that Kohala make the decisions about what's to be done, if anything, in terms of trails, in terms of recreational opportunities um, and and like that if if we wait till the government makes decisions um, we may have more impact from outsiders than than Kohala would like and besides our North Kohala community development plan its motto is keep Kohala Kohala so so two groups Malama Mahukona and oh no, mm -hmm. we had them on a couple of Thursdays ago, yeah. right? They're the friends of the park for Mahukona. Oh, 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 oh yeah. <coughs> oh, excuse me. The friends of the park of Mahukona Park. It's a different park. organization. Yes, it's a different. Or they, oh, okay, they've okay. been meet, meeting monthly for four years now. Yeah. Um, to help the county plan the new park. Um, and they've they've done a lot of good stuff. Yeah. They really have. And <coughs> they've been out for four years. It's uh, yeah, and a and testament to their tenacity. Well, the good part is that we've had cooperation from the Parks and Rec Department. Oh yeah. They send out um, their deputy um, director Michelle Hirayichi oh, yeah. for most of our meetings, and Mo Messina, the director, has come to many of them too. So. 
So um, the other one is Kayala Law, which is a, a group that is looking at um, trails and pedestrian pathways to make uh, the highway safer. Um, and and so those two then got got it going, but Kohala Lihikai has joined it. The access group is is interested in it, and um, uh, so so in order to get it going uh, in, in August, um, we planned a meeting down at Mahukona and at Lapakahi, and we were very fortunate to get some of the leaders of the county parks, state parks. Uh, state trails, Na'alahele, and the Alakahakai uh, National Historic Trail staff. And we all got together, there were 22 of us at Mahukona. We spent some time there, then we went over to Lapakahi, and mainly to get to know each other and, and form a, uh, the core of a hui, because it will include eventually more agencies and more groups that have interest in the coastal area down there. Sounds like a lot. <laughs> so Sounds like a lot of talking then, heads. Then, then we held our second meeting yeah. just uh, earlier uh, this month. And um, no, wait, it was last month. But it was uh, on Zoom. But it, it, all the groups that are involved, like Hawaii Land Trust and Kohala Lihikai and um, the state and the county and, uh, and the alakahakai were able to say what types of things they were doing in stewardship right now. Yeah. So we could see what was going on uh, right now. And everybody agreed that by working together, we're more likely to be, to be able to do it as a single entity rather than here, boundary here, boundary there, boundary there. Right, 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 right. And, and another one that was key to the second meeting was um, one of the things that stewards of land, particularly coastal lands like we have, is wildfire mitigation. Yeah. I mean, we just had a big wildfire down there. And, um, oh, yes. Yeah. And yeah. So, so the thing is, is we have these agencies of the county, state, state, feds, that that can coordinate their wildfire mitigation. Kohala Lihikai has already started um, wildfire mitigation at Kaiholena and Pao. I I, uh, I did see the uh, the areas that the burned areas mm -hmm. as you go along the coastal road, mm -hmm. and um, I, you know I, my parents lived in Kohala States. And one time we're, we were fighting a fire with Dougie Carr. Yes. He was the one-man fire chief. I remember time. Dougie yeah, Carr. Yeah, Dougie <laughs> Carr. And my brother and I were on the back of the fire truck as he drove the fire truck. And we were spraying the side of the road so the fire wouldn't jump across uh, one of the roads in Kuala States. You know, <coughs> luckily uh, it, it wasn't a strong wind that uh, you get this onshore, uh, offshore wind. Uh, but that's usually in the morning. And so the wind wasn't that strong, so we were able to... Uh, contain it? Yeah, contain you kept it. it. Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, well, well, that's yeah. the idea, is to, yeah. to, to contain it and to keep it from getting so hot and burning that it destroys the um, historic sites down there. Well, 
Well, the historic sites are stone structures. Yeah, they're stone, but what's happening is yeah. the kiawi is growing up amongst oh, them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other, the other plants down there are growing up among the rocks. And when they, f- when they go off, sometimes the rocks explode. And um, I, 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 was, uh, one I worked on the uh, uh, archaeology crew at Lapakai. Mm-hmm. And our job was to use a planing table and survey all the sites. And part of it was to actually draw each stone. Yeah, it would, well, as close as we could. The foundation stones, the ang- you know, and draw their, the angles of the stones and uh, all the other stones that stacked out. Now, there were trees growing out of it. And, you know, the boys would come and uh, the cutting crew, they had a big cutting crew, two crews, and they would, you know, cut the kiawe. And uh, <coughs> and I remember uh, Ray Arujo, I don't know if uh, people remember him. His parents lived up uh, Halaula Heights. Uh, we're sitting there, and he said, Jeff, check this out. And we're at one of the uh, sites, and on the stone was a bone fish hook. And I, was, I looked at it, and I went, this thing sat there. I don't know how many years unnoticed yeah amazing yeah it's amazing amazing and yeah and he said look at it Ooh. and I went what the heck yeah and then he touched it and it disintegrated <laughs> another spooky story <laughs> yeah, yeah and it just it just crumbled and I went oh no <laughs> it was just like how you see how they shaped this boat. It was sitting on the rock. I couldn't believe it. Amazing. Uh, I couldn't believe it. How nobody saw this all these years. Oh, wow. You know, and whoever, whatever fisherman put the bone hook down, maybe to go do something else. Oh, where did I put my fish hook? Yeah. But well, anyway. I so the wild wildfire yeah. uh, mitigation in this area does not include cutting out all the... Kiawe. Oh, no, I mean, that's what we because did Because the Kiawe, yeah. Kiawe forms uh, a canopy of shade, well, that's true. particularly close to the ocean, which is very important to fisheries, right? Because that's where a lot of the, f- the fish come in and they spawn in the shade of the trees that are hanging out over the ocean. Well, they never had trees before, right? Well, well, that's right. But we so, I mean, we had forests, though, and so we had water. Yeah, I, <laughs> well, what I'm what <laughs> trying to make is this. It kind of looks like, it, it really looks good, burnt out. Yes. You know, it, it really like a cleansing. Yes. And yes. You know, Kiawe is an invasive species. I mean, it's not. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was not there early. No. Nah. No. Nah, they brought it in for yeah, cattle feed. And the, what, my, what the mitigation aims at is yeah. not cutting down the big trees. What it oh, aims yeah, at, yeah, you know, yeah. you go down there and it's yeah. just bramble. Yeah, you know, yeah, you can't yeah, walk yeah, through yeah, it. You yeah. can't do it. It's just like a wall of thorns. Yeah. Okay, so what the crews have been doing is going in and culling out the walls of thorns and dead oh, yeah. stuff. Well, so the fire can burn the grass underneath and not... Well, yeah, it's like Lapakai. Lapakai was all these kiawe trees. Yeah. You know, it was like, like that. Yeah. And the crews would carve, you know, literally clar- carve these trees out of there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember at Lapakai, at this one spot, they would haul all the uh, kiawe logs. You know, they'd cut them into firewood. Mm-hmm. 
and there was this this uh, cleared area where they'd stack all the wood. You know, it was like a big circle mm-hmm. of Kiawe wood. And if you needed wood, you could come and get it. Yeah. yeah. We, we did that. The, um, but, you know, it was like Lapakai, if you look at it, you know, it's like uh, they came and they cleared it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, you know, I mean, they chainsaw the thing down. But it looked, it looked good, you know, yeah. right? Well, that's the idea to yeah. do that. Th- um, speaking of clearing, um, we had a work party. Uh, Malama Mahukona oh, that's right. is the is the stewards of Mahukona Park. Yeah. And a couple months ago, they had a, well, no, it was about six months ago. There was a work party down there to clear the bramble of Kiavi behind the pavilion, so that we can start seeing what it's like there in order to plan. Uh, the next version of Mahukona Park. And uh, the crews, people showed up, volunteer, we fed them lunch, but mainly they just got in and they did what I just described, was taking out all the brambles, all the dead, the dead wood. And people left with truckloads of of really nice kiawe. And and there'll be (coughs) another one coming up. Yeah, when is that? Um, I think it's in January. Oh, January, not uh, November. I, I'm not, oh, I wished I knew. November 2nd is the meeting, right? That's yeah, Lydia, if you're, if you're listening in, Lydia, call and give us the date. Uh, yeah, call 884-5657. I knew it was going to be November 2nd, they're having a meeting. November 2nd is the meeting with the planning department. Yeah, yeah. and then after that would be the cleanup. Oh, I think no, it was no. December. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I think the cleanup is in January. January? Yeah. Oh, I They'll be I it'll I be I real I neat because there'll be yeah. oh, okay, fun whatever. fun games and yeah. stuff for kids and uh, and yeah. hopefully we can do another uh, feed feed everybody there. <coughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just uh, looking at the land. It was all you know burnt out and cleared clean. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I it's mean you know it would light up the forest. right? It's good. It's healthy for yeah. the grassland oh, to be clean yeah. every once in a while. That's how we get. That's why it looks green. If it, if we didn't have that, it would never be as green. It would be just like bushy brown. I was just thinking, like uh, you know, that area doesn't rain. I mean, it's like what? Well, when it rains, it rains. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when it rains, it rains. But it most of the time, it doesn't rain. Yeah, and when it rains, the grass there knows that they only got X amount of days to go for it. It just goes. Yeah. Already the area that burned on um, August 8th was yeah. a day that was when, when it was burning because that's when Lahaina got burned. So it's Same August day. 8th. Already I see grass growing, you know, like oh, yeah. six inches high already. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, my parents live there. And <laughs> I'll tell you what happens. That creates a lot of food and the mice. Oh, the mice. Oh, holy moly. I remember my, uh, one of our renters there, they went out for the night, they came back, and the mice was like all in the house because they left their trash outside. They, you know, they're looking for food. And he says it was just insane. The mice, I remember the mice would oh, be. They were so bad. Oh, they'd be on the we road. Had, we had um, hordes of them at different times. And it was like you say, it yeah. was when there was a lot of grass and food feed. around for them. That I can remember being at Nishimura Bay <sighs> and, and, and I was grilling food for, uh, you know, f- to, to have dinner. And we were sitting there, the mice were running over our feet and everything. <laughs> and, it was and he said, 
as long as they don't come on my plate, it's okay. <laughs> but they come on my plate, I'm going to squish them. <laughs> but I remember the highway. Oh, just the highway, yeah. mice, squished mice along that whole route. And then... And then and the owls come Yeah, out. and then the owls be sitting on the road, you know. But whoa. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Can't win, yeah. But, uh, yeah, now that it's been cleansed, sort of, you know, that's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, so the s uh, let me ask you. Uh, so the government's in charge. They have the final say. Is that it? Yes, but, you know, what, what we found yeah. is that, well, for one thing, the Alakahakai Trail. Let me give you as an yeah. example. When they were planning the Alakahakai Trail, which goes from Upolu 157 miles around to Volcano, yeah. um, it was this community that really insisted that each section of the trail be stewarded by the people in that area, whether it's by Ahupua'a or whether it's by, you know, region or area like this, that, that priority be given to the people who are descendants of the people in that area, mm -hmm. who, who had multiple generations of living in that area, and that they would have a significant say on anything that happened. And that idea has transferred into this group so that now we have the state parks, county parks, all agreeing. And, and I know Hawaii Land Trust, it, I mean, Hawaii Land Trust has, is culturally based. So um, they have that. Well, Keone, when he was here, he yeah, mentioned yeah. it. We want to get descendants, lineal descendants, descendants of people who lived in that area and multi-generational users of that area. And that's what I mean, keep kohala, kohala. The goal of this... Yeah is not to have an ecotourism place or a visitor's place, but to have a place that the people in Kohala can enjoy, they can use, they can access, they can get to fishing, um, they can get to places where there might be campgrounds or whatever. Um, that's, and if, if it weren't for these two groups standing up in front and saying, we want the community to have a say in this, and doing it cooperatively with all of the agencies involved. Um, it sounds good. I, it sounds good. <laughs> Let's well, hope it works. Part of me says, it sounds good. <laughs> uh, you know, um, what if somebody wanted to do a, a tourism thing? You and know, they're uh, a lineal descendant, let's say. Regulating visitor industry use yeah. of important places to Hawaii is one of the major topics of discussion among people who are into recreation and open space. And an example would be Pololu Valley. They're oh, looking so. for they're looking for solutions on how you can um, regulate. Uh, the number of people that are in a certain area, you can regulate the parking in any particular area, and you can regulate the enforcement of the rules. So this is happening all over. The, the area in Kauai, um, up on the northern tip in the area around Hyena and uh -huh. the Kalalau Trail and the Pali Coast, yeah. um, that's sort of the, the pilot project for how do you keep a place from getting overrun by people? Or how do you keep a place from getting overrun by visitors to where people who live there won't go? 
that sort of... I, I think we have to, because uh, I know some people that live there, and uh, <coughs> we communicate on Facebook, but they also have a uh, offshore fisheries mm -hmm. that is uh, stored by uh, the fishermen of that area. And, you know, that's, they got one, uh, I think it's coming up for hearing, Umaluli'i. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there's Kaulupulehu. And, uh, you know, I think there's others on Maui. <coughs> but um, they, 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 in particular, weren't, weren't too in favor of that. Uh, th we didn't really get into the discussion of why. But... You know, any time you, you, you create a change, uh, there's always going to be opposition to that. Mm -hmm. You know, but, you know, uh, like y you and I and others, we know Pololo, like, there was never a problem. Yeah. I mean, park? What? You'd be the only guy there. Anytime, day and night. Yeah. Yeah, nighttime would be, you know, yeah. the guys with the girlfriends or something. Or the uh, senior class of Hona uh, Koala High School, senior night. Uh, that's the tradition. They go to Pololo to watch the sunrise, right? Yeah. Pololo lookout, you know. Yeah. That's every year. That's the, that's what you do. And, uh, of course, it's not like that anymore. No. Yeah. No. So. S so it, it we're going to, and I think, I mentioned it in the sense of access by visitors and, and ecotourism. Yeah. Uh, we're in an era where we're going to decide how to regulate that so that we don't become overrun. Um, that places, anytime a place gets overrun, it gets degraded. If you know Oahu, uh, Hanamua Bay, got overrun it just got I used so to camp there yeah you could camp there yeah. Yeah, we used to go down there all the time yeah. and you know there's no problem but it just got overrun and to the point where now it's highly regulated you have oh, to yeah. have reservations you have to yeah. have oh, even uh, I went up to Haleakala I took my swim team and you had to pay to get in and you had to make a reservation and I went what 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 <laughs> It's like volcano, right? Same thing. Yeah. Uh, luckily, uh, you and I have a handicap sticker. Well, guaranteed, we automatically go in. <laughs> right? You don't have to pay or anything. <laughs> yeah? And they give you a card. Yeah. And next time you show them the card, I'm handicapped. You know. Okay, go. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah. I see this ha happening not only in the sense of access and trails and beaches yeah but the whole tourism industry is looking now at how do we um, talk to the visitors before they come so they know that what they're doing is they're coming to other people's backyard I have always uh, I don't know as a I'm a visitor myself right mm -hmm. uh, you've traveled I've traveled and uh, especially when I, I traveled a lot in Asia. And uh, people know that, I don't know how they, how they sense it or they pick, it, pick up on it. I mean, when I'm in the Philippines, I don't look Filipino. When I'm in Thailand, I don't look like Thai or Laos or whatever. And they know I'm American because I'm speaking to my friend who's from the Philippines in English, right? Mm -hmm. And they know. And, oh, I, I'll give you a story. I'm riding on this train 500 miles. We're going to go from, uh, 
Osaka or Bangkok, mm-hmm. and we're going to the old capital, Ratasima, to watch my son compete. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're riding on the train, fifty cents. We're going five hundred miles, right? <laughs> you know, cheap. Yeah, wooden seats. Huh? And I'm sitting there. I have this whole bench to myself, and you know, people come in, going, coming, going. We're stopping in every train stop. And they'll walk in, and they'll look at me. They'll look at the empty bench, just me, right? And all people are sitting in the other bench. They look at me, and they look at the empty bench, but they won't, they're not going to sit down. They go find someplace else to sit down. And I asked my son, who travels a lot, I says, I, I found that really unusual. Nobody would sit by me. And he said, oh, they knew he was an American. I don't know what that meant, <laughs> but that's what happened. Yeah. Nobody would sit next to me. They would just look and then find someplace else to sit. Well, I think like it, it's a matter of respect. Yeah, and and I think for so <laughs> long our state has sold itself for tourism as a place to come and lay on the beach and just take and over, get people to wait on you, and yeah, you yeah. can go anywhere. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I you know, you. this is your everybody's going to cater to you. And I think right. that... Yeah. The Waikiki scene. The Waikiki type yeah. thing. Yeah. And, 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 and Going it, to the Hokilau and all that. <laughs> right. The Mai Tai and the beach. The Mai Tai, right. Yeah. Okay, so th- that's what I see changing statewide. Oh, is that they want to get away yeah. from that to get to the type of tourism oh. where you're coming to some place where people live and they have a culture and they have a way of life and they have some nice things to see, which you are able to see, but under with respect, with respect. The, uh, another story, I'm in Thailand watching my son swim, right? And uh, we're, gonna ki- we're gonna grab some sort of transportation back to the, where we're staying, hotel. Not a real hotel, so I don't know. Anyway, so my friend is Filipino, right? Uh, very Akamai, uh, you know, third world country. You know, he's really helped to that. So he said, Jeff, hop on this and grab the rail to this, I don't know, camper truck, like, and the seats in that people are sitting on. Mm-hmm. She says, grab on. Hop on. So I grab on. I'm holding uh, the rail, and he's holding the other side, and we're standing on the bumper. And then this guy, this guy is called, tell the driver, stop, 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 stop. You know, they're talking to Thai. And they tell this guy, get up. The guy gets up. And then they point to me and says, go sit down. <laughs> they knew this is not how I, I, I knew what I was doing, mm-hmm. that I could get hurt. Yeah. 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 And they just knew that. I didn't know. But, and so my, my whole thing is like when I deal with visitors here, I, I think of those people. And how they treated me, and that's how I want to be treat someone else. Yes, they, they were very uh, conscious of my safety and my well being. Yeah, but I like to be an advocate that when there's, you know, we talk about tourism, visitor industry, and people make a lot of money off of that. Yeah, right. You know, those ships come in. Oh, that's <laughs> cruise ships. Yeah. I, I, I'm not against that, you know, whatever. I mean, you know. But I like to be an advocate. Oh, oh, I, I see, the people that I see missing out is the people whose culture is being uh, presented, sold, or what have you. 
they're not really benefiting from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hope that's part of the discussion. Part of the discussion is education. And, and already the tourist industry is doing education ahead of when people get here. For example, the programs, uh, video programs that they have on the airplanes coming in, the video programs that they show on the cruise ships. Um, but wh- what are, I see is are all to who, who, benefits, who benefits from that? I th- who benefits from I that? I think the public does because no, no, no. It, it, what, it is, what it is is when you know about a people that you're visiting, I'll you tell know you them as people. Happen. You don't know them as servants. These or guys were going to do a tour in Kohala, Forest and Trail. Yeah. Right? And uh, th- they were advertising this tour to charge $150. To, I don't know what they want. And um, some of these local Hawaiians <laughs> got wind of it. And, oh, man, they were smoking, man. That, you know, they're going to do this thing in Kohala, yeah. And uh, they said, okay, you're going to take this tour up Pololo Valley. We're going to be up there, and we're going to be protesting when you get there. And they were very concerned. And um, one of my friends was, uh, uh, she worked for one of the major hotels. What what do you call them? I forget what their job was. But, you know, they coordinate this kind of stuff. And said, she said, Jeff, do you know these people? I said, yeah, I know them. <laughs> she says, can we, can we sit down and talk, <laughs> talk with them? I said, yeah, of course. They'd be more than willing to talk. You know, talking is free, you know. But anyway, um, they, they changed their minds. Mm-hmm. I mean, they changed their minds like destination on that. But, yeah, I could, that, that happened. Yeah. You know, that, that took place. But I don't think it's public knowledge. But, yeah, people are upset about it. Because... They had that, remember, they had that big community meeting. They wanted uh, Kabemia Science pointing out historical sites. Mm. In Co- what was that called? Mm-hmm. you remember that? What was that all about? I don't know. Yeah, they had, you know, they wanted to make this a historical district. Oh, more history, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, already there is some regulation at Pololu Valley. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Na'aloheli program prescribes only five tours per day and that's not been followed but that's again that's a uh, an incident of enforcement if and and the the study that's being done out at, at Pololu right now is hopefully we should be hearing about it fairly soon um, uh, th- they scoped out the community what the community wanted and so on and we'll get a report from not all the hell about that soon but Part of it is enforcement. Part of it is stewardship, the people that are staying out there yeah, to talk yeah. to people. Yeah, that's, that's good. You know, that's, I think that's pretty cool. It makes a difference. Oh, you know, I think uh, visitors enjoy that, uh, learning about a destination point and hearing it from locals telling it to them and the history and whatever, may, maybe they throw in a legend or whatever, you know. I, I think that's part of uh, why they go to, mm-hmm. you know, to visit different uh, places. I mean, that's what I, I, I would be interested in. Mm-hmm. But for me, uh, my time is done. You know, I'll never go down Polo Valley. Uh, I'm over. You know, it's my body ain't going to do that anymore. I, I have my memories and everything. Yeah. But what I see today is like what I heard at one meeting. 
and that really touched me when the person said, you don't know the Kohala that I know. Yeah. Yeah. Which is true, you know. It's just true. The yeah. Kohala then, you knew was a, a um, different era. Totally different. Different time. And, and to me, it's like the guys out there, Polo Luna, yeah. well, this is their Kuleana now. One of the things that I really am excited about, the stewardship of open space, you know, we've, mm-hmm. we've now got Uku open space, 15 miles of no, coastline. Well, we actually have more than that, but the 15 miles is contiguous. It's There's no break. Yeah. You get south of there, there's a few breaks. But it will eventually go down as far as Kohala Ranch. Um, That's pretty far. Yeah. It eventually, we'll have a, a open coast from Kohala Ranch all the way up to Upolo. <laughs> so the, the, the reason I mentioned it is I'm very excited about the fact that we can go into the schools and we can talk to the high school kids about careers in resource management, careers in cultural education, careers in where they can make a living doing the things that they want to do and sharing the things that they want to share. My, my, what I'm interested in yeah, is like our education system. I mean, uh, the, the focus for education is to produce workers. Not entrepreneurs, but workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that because you need a workforce, right? Oh, you ca- you have to have yeah. a workforce to you steward to that. A, yeah, but I'd like to see, like when we talk about taking advantage of uh, the cultural experience, is that we also teach these Native Hawaiian kids how to be entrepreneurs. I mean, if you look at the businesses here in Kohala, who owns them? Yeah. Who owns them? Who owns what? <laughs> <laughs> when we look at the tourist industry, yeah. who owns the businesses? Well, there's some that are owned locally, there but most of them ho- are o- yeah. owned o- o- overseas. Yeah. You know, uh, Polynesian Adventure Tours is owned by Canadians. Yeah. You know, they have the big tour, but I'm not against that. Yeah. You know. Some are owned they, locally. Uh, they, Hawaii yeah, Forest yeah, yeah, and yeah, Trails yeah. is owned locally, uh, oh, it depends. Oh, the other Roberts thing is, is owned locally. Yeah, Roberts. Yeah. So they, they, they there got are hit pretty hard local. with the COVID. I, I, and I think if we... But they do like all the uh, school buses. Yeah, and but stuff. resource management goes beyond the tourists. I mean, resource management may have nothing to do with the tourists. It may have to do with taking care of the land. It may have to do with building rocks, uh, um, stones. Uh, it may have to do with um, planting uh, native trees in Mahukona. There's one of the things that uh, <coughs> Keone Emiliano was telling about was planting forests of of uh, ko and sandalwood and milo and the like. What's happening up at the uh, the lookout? Mm-hmm. What is that? At the Pololu? No, up at the mountain road. They oh. planted all those seeds. I don't seedlings. know what's you happening up there. Oh. I drove by and there was these circles of brown grass. It looked like they had poisoned these circular, these circles throughout that all this pasture. Yeah, and I don't know. They were like spaced out. You know, mm. they're uniform, and the grass was dying. Dead, and then 
now what I see is they have these saplings growing. They're about a foot high. Hmm. Very leafy. And I don't know if they're sandalwood or what. It wouldn't be sandalwood if they're okay. very leafy. Oh, very leafy. Yeah. yeah. But whatever it is, there's a whole, I don't know, hundreds of them. Wow. Yeah, you didn't see that. Where on Mountain Road is it? You know, before the lookout. Yeah. Before the lookout, you're heading to a wine mill. Oh, Anna, former Anna <laughs> Ranch. Was that Anna's Ranch? Yeah. I guess. This side of the lookout. Okay. Uh, Malka of the highway. Malka of the highway. Yeah, that's 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 owned now by John D. Hefner. Okay. Uh, before that cliff had all these rock pigeons. Yeah. 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 That before that. Mm-hmm. Hundreds of. Wow. Yeah, Interesting. and they're about a foot high. These little seedlings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a reforestation, I'm pretty sure. Not mm-hmm. marijuana, I'll tell you that. You know, that'd be risky. But, <laughs> but yeah. Interesting. Th- th- yeah, you didn't know that. People are really getting into native plants a lot more than yeah. than yeah. I can remember. There's a, there's a fairly large piece of land by Malia Ridge, um, between oh. between um, Alvin Kawamoto's. Yeah. And, uh, now what is that? Um, somebody bought it and they've planted in native plants. What kind? You saw the windbreaks and yeah, stuff yeah, down yeah, there. Yeah. Okay. Well, they made the 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 pukas and then they put the windbreak and yeah, now yeah. they've planted native plants down there. Yeah. And I see. And, uh, I, and I thought it might be for like a nursery, but I don't think it is because they look like they're yeah. deliberately planted in a certain yeah. way. And then I see a lot of ulu. Yeah. Some ulu trees. Anyway, we've got two minutes left. Time flies, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. It, it does. But you, you mentioned something that I'd like to do a program on. It's called Keep Koala Kohala. Yeah. And I'd like to get somebody from uh, high school, somebody in their 20s, somebody in their 30s, somebody in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and talk about what does Keep Koala Kohala mean to you? That's a good one. Because it's going to be like that guy said, you don't know the koala that I knew. Yeah. Kendi yeah. Sprout once said, my grandchildren will not know what I saw yeah. because I saw it with my eyes and they will not see what I saw with my eyes. <laughs> I remember Dale Sprout. Oh, he was a very intelligent, both those Sprout brothers of Sprout, the father to all of them, sisters. Anyway, Dale, <laughs> Dale Sprout would say, oh, he was down uh, uh, Mahakona and had all these kids, these young kids, you know, swimming or whatnot. And he said, oh, he looked at them, he said, they look like little fat seals. <laughs> <laughs> they look like little fat, sleek seals. <laughs> you know, they're all well-fed and, yeah. and having the time of their life. and you know. But they had, yeah, like you said, they had these sayings, you know, that just made you stop and, <laughs> and chuckle, you know. And I, I miss that. I miss these guys. Yeah, these plantation guys, right? Yeah. They always had these, like, if some kid was really naughty, they would sit there and they would talk about the kid and somebody would say, ah, more better baby time, no bond. <laughs> 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 you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what it was. But anyway, uh, any last words? No, just aloha mo. Kohala, 
about yeah let, let's do that oh the the uh, the uh, mount news came out today so check it out there's some a lot of good stories in there okay uh they got one on the what do you call that Oh, Cespo there's a cesspool meeting. meeting coming up on November 15. That's going to be a good one. That's going to be a real good one. You can read about it in the Mountain News. Okay, thank you very much, Tony. Uh, let, let's do that. Keep call a call. Let's get these mm -hmm. different generations of people to sit down. we got like six mics in there. And talk about what does it mean to you, keep call a call? You know, uh, what does it mean what to What does that mean? What does it mean to you, your 15-year-old yeah. your kid in high school? Yeah. What does it mean? Well, let's get well, some. If it means anything, let's some get some folks who were around during the plantation time. Oh to yeah, talk definitely. about it too. Yeah. All right, let's do that. Then we can uh, put it together by next Thursday. Okay. That'd be a nice topic. Okay, people, it's eight oh one. I gotta sign off, but I want to thank you guys for listening in. It's always a pleasure, and I want to thank the guys who uh, stop us in wherever we are and tell us how much they appreciate listening to the program. And uh, you know, I think that's pretty cool, and I really.